Thank you for checking out our podcast here at Eastern Assembly of God Church in Baltimore, Maryland. If you'd like more information about our church, you can find us at www.easternassembly.org. We're going to dive right in. we got some people to baptize at the end of service. Matter of fact, if someone is sitting near you that has a blue shirt on that says Raised to Life, they are going to be getting baptized in just a few minutes. So uh, pull out your notes, if you will, or take notes on your phone. You can use our app to access those notes. We started a series two weeks ago called Breakthrough, and uh, this morning we're going to continue that series. And listen, you don't, you don't, re- you don't need a breakthrough unless you realize there's some trappings in your life of which you need to break through. So I've been praying that God would bring to the surface anything in any of our lives of which God wants to give a breakthrough, and I am looking every service. I'm looking daily for evidence of God's breakthrough, and I'm seeing this, and I believe you will too. Amen? Two weeks ago, we talked about your body, your soul, and your spirit. You are a three-part being, just in some ways like God is a three-part being, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He created you in His image. You're a three-part being. You are a spirit. You live in a, you, you have a soul, and you live in a body. And we talked about how when you were born again, the life of God came into your spirit, man. He breathed new life, just like when God breathed into Adam, and he was just a body that God had created. But the breath of God into Adam made him a living soul. And how many know God is still breathing life into anybody that will open the door of their heart and receive him? And that glorious life comes into your spirit, man. Ezekiel said it this way, I will give you a new heart. And put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone. That's that sinful, wrecked by this world. And I'll give you a brand new heart of flesh. Is anybody in the house thankful for new life in Christ Jesus? Listen, when I look back at how I lived before Jesus, like there's a BC in my life too, before Christ, you know what I mean? Uh, And and I wonder how, why anybody would want to live without Jesus. It's kind of like, Somebody pulls up beside you, and they've got this really cool-looking go-kart, but it's like 10 horsepower. And they're like, man, I'm ready to take on the world. And meanwhile, you're sitting in your brand-new 2020 mid-engine Corvette, 500 horsepower. And you kind of look at them and like, really? Can, can I just tell you today, listen, can I just tell you today? Thanks, man. I'm excited. There we go. The God power... Is better than manpower. Listen, manpower is limited. Uh, With man, it's impossible. But with God, somebody help me, church. All things are are possible. So when you are saved, the breath of God comes into your spirit, man. But here's the problem. Our soul, which is our mind, will, and emotions, is still pretty messed up because of the things of this world. And as we walk through this breakthrough series, I want to talk about entanglements of the soul. So that you can break through and allow, if you will, the life of God within you to have its full effect. Yeah, wouldn't it be a shame to live life with all the resources of heaven living within you and you're unable to access them because of garbage in your soul? Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, that's not good. Amen. But we want to help you, all right? Now listen, what happens is garbage in your soul can clog, look just like that pipe, the new life in your spirit. So we're, we're talking about it these next several weeks on clogging the pipes. And one of the greatest things that can clog your pipe is unforgiveness. 
And real quick, like this morning, I'm going to talk about four areas, all right? Being forgiving, being forgiven. Number two, forgiving others. Number three, forgiving yourself. And number four, forgiving God. All right, here we go. It's going to be quick. Hang on. All right, number one, I want to talk to you about being forgiven. Listen, the key to being empowered to forgive is a true understanding that you have been forgiven by God. In other words, there's really no motivation to forgive anybody until you find Christ's forgiveness and you realize that because he has wiped your slate clean, even though you don't deserve it, now I have a gift that I can give to others. It's called forgiveness. Can I remind you today that one day, but prior to your salvation, you were on death row. The wages of sin is? Yeah, the, the devil had the, had the electric chair wired up. He was just waiting for your name to be called. But God loved you too much to let that happen. And the Bible says, but God demonstrates his love for us while we were still sinners. Help me, church. Christ died for us. And in one glorious moment when your eyes were open, you said to G, you looked up and you said, Jesus, would you forgive me and come into my heart and change me? And guess what? In a glorious moment, he came in, and because of the price he paid on the cross, in a glorious moment, he washed your sins away. And on the day that happened to me, I was 18 years of age, he didn't say to me, now look, I've looked over your list, it's pretty long, but there's just a few things on there that are really grievous to me, and I'm sorry, I can't let those go. Come on, how, how many know there, there's no sin greater than the price that Jesus paid. It just isn't, right? And I can sing today, oh, happy day. Oh, happy day. He washed my sins away. Can you say amen? Amen. amen. Matter of fact, if you really understand what Jesus did for you, you wouldn't have to be begged to come to the house of God. You wouldn't have to, you wouldn't have to be asked twice to lift that hand up and say, thank you, Jesus. Come on, you, you had a debt that you could not pay. You owed a debt you couldn't pay. He paid a debt he didn't know. And he washed my sins away. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Matter of fact, the psalmist said it this way. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Psalm 45, 15 says, what a joyful and enthusiastic procession as they enter the king's palace. Friend, you're in the king's palace today. The king is here, and he wants us to be joyful and enthusiastic about what he has done in our lives. And let me just say to somebody here today, listen, if I could just look you in the eye this morning, just me and you, and say, do you know that you know that you know you're right with God? Do you know that you know that you know that you know your sins are forgiven? And you say, can you know that you know that you know that you know? Yes, you can, because he died for it so that you could know for certain. Amen? Matter of fact, I have a scripture for you this morning. This is your verse, if that's you. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as far as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Who believes today would be a good day for somebody in the house to get forgiven? Who believes forgiveness is in the house today because Jesus is here. He washed it away. He is willing. He is willing. Secondly, let me talk to you about forgiving others. 
The basis of forgiving others is not that it happened a long time ago and I'm finally ready to let go. The basis of forgiveness is not that what they did to me wasn't that big a deal so I can let it go. The basis of forgiveness is found in Colossians 3.13 and it says this, Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Why? Forgive as the Lord. Help me, church. Have you been forgiven of all your sins? Were some of them pretty grievous? Was the list long? Jesus says, if I've done to you, do unto others. One of the reasons we can forgive is because God, God knows what people do to his sons and daughters. And he says, vengeance is mine. I will repay saith the Lord. When you forgive, you're not letting them off the hook. I mean, they're not off the hook. They're off, the, you're, they're off your hook. They're not off God's hook. Are you listening this morning? Yeah, and God says, look, man's not good at vengeance. You know, somebody does something to you, you want to get them back ten times. God says, you let me handle that. You, you, you let it go. And that doesn't mean when you let it go, it's like, God, go get them now. Woo! Yeah, I'm going I'm to let it go, God. Vengeance is yours. You go get them. No. Just, just leave it in God's hands. God, you know. You know what they did. You know what it's about. I choose. How I many you know forgiveness is a choice to let it go? So you really have two choices. You can hold on to your fence, hold on to the grudge, stay in bondage, keep the pipes clogged. And if you've never thought about this, when you choose to hold on to an offense, you allow the person who wronged you to continue to torment you. It's like they're locked inside of you because you choose to think about it all the time. When you forgive somebody, you, you, you release that person, and now you're free. Secondly, the second choice you can have, you can hold on to it. Number two, you can choose to forgive. You make a choice. It's a choice. Forgiveness is a choice, not a feeling. If you choose not to forgive, you come under the law of bitter root judgment. The offense inside turns you bitter, and you become the person you never wanted to be. Hebrews 12, 15, see to it that no one misses the grace of God. How are you going to miss the grace? By allowing a bitter root to grow up to cause trouble. Cause trouble to who? Cause trouble to you and not just you. That bitter root in you also has the potential to defile many. I wonder how many mass murderers, mass rapists trace it back to a bitter root. Come on, they got mad, they got angry. Matthew, Jesus said these words. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive you. And can I just say to me today, the cost is too great to hold on to an offense. Can you hear what I'm saying? The cost is too great. Listen, those of you who are married, sometimes everyday agitations in marriage can get stored up. And now it's affecting your relationship with God and it's affecting your relationship with your spouse Today is a good day to let it go. Can I tell you that prejudice is a form of offense? When you choose to hold offense because of someone's color, because of someone's race. Listen, listen. Why would God let you in heaven, a place filled with people from every race, creed, language. Why would he let you into heaven if you're going to be offended by the people who are there? Today would be a good day to lay it down. Now, now listen to me. Forgiveness does not make the pain of what happened go away. Those are separate issues. Forgiving the person and the pain that they've caused. They're separate issues. But you'll never deal with the pain or, or head towards freedom from the pain until you first make the choice to 
Yeah, you understand? If you say, well, when it stops hurting, I'll forgive. It'll never happen. First you forgive. Come on. And then God can begin to deal with the pain of what happened in your life. Can you, if you understand what I just said, say amen. Amen. Listen, this message is not for the person that, that's sitting next to you. This is for you. The question I have, do you have any prejudice or hatred that you need to let go of today? Thirdly, let's talk about forgiving yourself. It's amazing how many people hold offense against themselves. In fact, for some people, it's easier for them to forgive others than it is to forgive themselves. Maybe you're here and at some point you had an abortion. And you, you know that God has forgiven you of that. But you haven't forgiven yourself. Maybe you came to the Lord later in life and you look back with regret over, or, over what, you know, you weren't a very good parent. You weren't there. You wish you could do it over again. But listen, if, if God has forgiven you, if Jesus has washed it away, you, you got to let go. Because it's not helping you become what you know you want to become by holding it against yourself. Come on, are you listening this morning, please? Somebody say amen. Romans says this. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life has set me free from the law of sin and death. Do you hear that? No condemnation. Today would be a good day for somebody in the house. You might be clear of offense this way, but you're not clear of offense in your own heart. Today would be a great day to say, Lord, if you forgive me, who am I to hold it against myself? I let it go, Jesus. No condemnation. Somebody in the house say amen. amen. The author of Hebrews said it this way. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders. Would you agree that unforgiveness hinders? And the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Fourthly and lastly, forgiving God. Well, th this is kind of a, a unique one because somebody would say, wait a minute. Isn't God perfect? He does no wrong. How could someone hold a grudge against someone who is perfect? Well, here's what happens is, even though God is perfect and does no wrong, things happen in our lives that we don't understand. And sometimes we look at God and we're offended that he didn't seem to come through in a way that we wished he would have. So we hold offense against God. Is that possible? Yeah, can you be mad at God? Your, your, your father drops dead of a heart attack when you were six years old. Like, God's, what's going on? Don't you know I needed a dad? And, and you kind of lodge that in, and, and you, you, if you will, you kind of stiff-arm God. Maybe you lost a child at a young age. Think of all the mothers in Baltimore City right now who are grieving over the loss of their sons and daughters who were just murdered, uh, some of them innocent bystanders. God, what is going on? Listen to me this morning. Please hear me. This world is messed up. As long as you're in this world, tragedy is here. It could affect you. It could affect me. I know the day of deliverance is coming. But I also know that if I blame God and stiff-arm God, I'm stiff-arming my own help. Because when tragedy, when tragedy strikes, there is no one more willing to come and console you and help you and comfort you than God himself. 
And I say to you, and I don't know, sitting in this room, the things that you've been through, some of them tragic. But I say to you today, it's time to let God off the hook. Because in, in stiff-arming God, you're stiff-arming the very help that you need to get through what you have been through. Are you listening this morning? Amen. Second Corinthians, look, you hold against a grudge against God because you feel like he didn't come through. First Corinthians 2 Corinthians 1.3 says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of, help me church. Yeah, you don't want to stiff arm your comfort. I love this one. Psalm 68 says this. He is a father to the fatherless. Don't, don't get mad at God because you lost your father. He wants to be your father. A defender of widows is God in his holy dwelling. God sets the lonely in families. He leads forth the prisoners with singing. But the rebellious live in a sun-scorched land. Come on this morning. Somebody. Somebody. Today, listen, it's a good day for somebody to experience Jesus' forgiveness today. It's a good day for somebody to let go of something you've been holding. It's a good day for somebody to forgive themselves. And it's a good day for somebody to say, Lord, I don't understand why it happened. But I'm not going to hold it against your charge. I'm going to let my arm down and let you come and comfort me. Are you listening today? Come on, would you put your notes down and stand to your feet for just a moment? I want to pray with you before we move into our water baptismal service today. I want you to stand to your feet. I want you to bow your head. I want you to bow your head because I'm going to ask some folks to just, just, just... Raise your hand to confess that this applies to you before we pray. Who is here today? Listen. And you need the forgiveness of God. You're in the house today. And today is the day that you're going to surrender your heart. You're going to surrender your life. And you're going to let Jesus to come in. And he's going to wash you clean. And he's going to radically transform your life. One thing I knew when I was 18 years of age, I knew that I was not right with God. In a service like this one, God convicted me and I responded. I'm looking around. Who's here? Just, just raise your hand. God sees your hand. He's going to see. It's just important that you respond. I see some hands going up. Come on. If your hand is up, it's as simple as this. Jesus, I come to you and I confess that I have sinned. Forgive me, Jesus. Wash my sins away. Come into my heart and transform my life. Come on, right where you're at. If your hand is raised, just pray that right now. Right now, right where you are. Jesus. You're so willing. God, you gave your life. You shed your blood so that we could experience, God, your forgiveness. Lord, for those who raise their hand, God, make it real to them right now. You're washing their sins away. It's what you do. It's who you are. Let them never be the same. Who is here this morning? Heads bowed, eye closed. You say, Pastor, as you've been preaching this morning, it's very real to me that I'm holding offense in my heart towards somebody. And this morning, I'm going to let it go. If that's you, just slip up your hand. Put it back down. Somebody I need to forgive. Something I need to let go of. I saw a lot of hands go up. If your hand went up, I want, you to, I want you to pray this prayer. Listen. I want you to say, dear Jesus, because you've forgiven me everything, I choose to forgive. Put that name in there. Four. Put what they did in there. I release it to you, Lord. I release it to you, Lord. I can make that choice because you made that choice to forgive me when I ask you to.
do it, Lord, for your glory. Who's here this morning and you need to forgive yourself? Come on, you're, you're under a boatload of guilt for some things that have happened in your life. Listen, you can't undo yesterday. And, and, and you won't be able to, to your, 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 condemn, your self-condemnation will hold you back from what God wants to do. Come on, let it go. So a lot of hands, those of you who raise your hands, you pray this way. Say, dear Lord, because you've forgiven me, I choose to forgive myself for. Now you fill that in. Do it, Lord, right now, God. God, even as people are, are releasing things, pray in the name of Jesus, God, there just be a sense of freedom, God, because it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Your word said, Lord. Last one, someone here today. Just, just, just being honest. We're just, we're just being honest. It's good to be honest in the house of God. Not here to condemn anybody, but your honesty before God is what opens the door for God to move. Say, Pastor, if I'm honest, I'm holding the fence against God for something that happened in my life that I don't understand. And today I'm willing to let it go. If that's you, put your hand up right now. Come on. Put your hand up right now. Say, God. God. And I want you to pray this way if your hand is raised. Say, Lord, I release the offense that I've held against you. I choose to put my arm down. And I want you to be my comfort, my help, my strength, God. I may never understand why it happened, but I'm going to look to you because I know you're for me, not against me, God. I'll do it, Lord. Now, everybody, raise your hands to heaven. I just want to bless you before we move into baptismal today, God. God, as long as we live in this sinful world, God, with this selfish, sinful nature, there's this tendency to hold on to things that you want us to let go of. And that's why we need services like this to be reminded that your shoulders are big, God. You, we can cast our cares upon you. We can cast our offenses on you. We don't need to carry them, God. And we can be free of the offense of this world and just trust that our God knows what's happening, what people are doing. And you just want us to trust you, God. So in this moment of surrender, we say we're trusting you, God. Thank you that you got our backs, God. You're watching out for us. Keep your hand on us because we need you, Jesus. God, we need you so desperately each and every day. And we love you today. And we bless you. In Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. Amen. You may be seated. So listen, here, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to take with me right now some families and some guys who are going to get baptized. And we're going to baptize them. Then there'll just be a couple minute break between the guys and the girls. We only have one set of, set of changing rooms. So while the guys, we let the guys go first because they're quicker changers if you've never figured that out. All right. Um, and then after the guys get out of there, it won't take long. We're going to baptize the ladies. Please sit tight, man. There's just nothing more special than watching some new babes in Christ commit themselves to follow him. So uh, those of you who, who are first, the families, the guys, come with me. And we'll meet you upstairs in about 30 seconds.